about me, I have a nice one to have in your school. Kendrick, you know, gave a book. Um, I can go down to this Big Daddy Kane was my very first teacher. Um, DJ Premier, like, I can think of all these men, but I necessarily can't name off women that were there in the same way men were. Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast with your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you think. Well, hello there. How the hell are you? Guess who's Bizzack? It's been a long time. <laughs> we shouldn't have left you. I was thinking more of like Scarface. Guess who's Bizzack? Like I was going along with that. Like, Without a dope podcast to listen to. Right. Um. Well, it's the Can I Kick It podcast. And we're back. <laughs> we're back and we're better. Yeah, we're back and we are a whole lot better. For those who don't know, this might be your first time listening to the podcast. I am Showtime, and along for the ride is my wonderful, beautiful co-host, Each Rock. What's poppin'? What up, though? We um, especially want to thank everybody that's been asking for the podcast, mm-hmm. checking for the podcast, uh, just saying, hey, where are y'all? When you coming back? Would you like to take a moment to explain our, I don't know how many months absence uh, I think some folks should know. I think we posted some yeah. stuff on our Instagram page and uh, we kind of gave some hints on the last episode, I think. If you follow us on social media, social media uh-huh. on Instagram, then you are fully aware that we welcomed a little bundle of joy. For sure. Uh, can I kick it, baby? Well, uh, can I kick it, baby? Oh, I like that. A can I kick it, baby? Yes, can he I definitely kick it, can. baby? Because he was kicking it in your belly. He was kicking it. So, <laughs> as you might imagine, uh, that made recording very difficult as we got into pregnancy and then into having an infant at yeah. the crib, labor and delivery, and then having a whole new person in the house. So, like, how has the transition been for you, like, with the new baby and stuff? Oh, I'm a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) No sleep. No sleep till Brooklyn. No sleep till Brooklyn. (laughs) And Brooklyn's not in sight at all. Right, 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 right. Same Um, here. Same here. Not a whole lot of sleep for me, or for either of us, for that matter. But um, I think it's definitely But we love it. Yeah, we love it. It's been dope. It's been super dope. Uh, Would you like to tell the good people what the baby's name is? Can I kick it baby, otherwise known by his government name his government name Maceo that's it just give him the first name you don't have to give him his whole name (laughs) his first and his middle name (laughs) Maceo Parker okay so his first name is Maceo that's what I was gonna say right his middle name is Parker we don't want nobody looking him up and like searching him and being real weird about my son because they don't have to punch somebody in the face and I don't want to have to do that so uh, yeah so Maceo middle name Parker uh, he was welcomed to the world on Valentine's Day so he was a Valentine's Day baby can and, I uh, kick it Valentine, baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's definitely the dopest thing that we've ever created. So welcome him to the, the podcast family. And don't be alarmed if, like, you hear an episode and he's crying in the background or he's talking in the background because he's going to be a part of the show. Like, our, all of our kids are going to be a part of everything that we do. So uh, eventually we'll get Knees in the Trap to come on an episode. That's our 14-year-old daughter. So Knees in the Trap will be on an episode and... So, uh, Maceo might be singing in the background. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so, uh, again, we just appreciate everybody's patience and appreciate everybody for rocking with us. But we back and we got a really, really dope episode in store, man. Like, we couldn't just come back and just, like, half step. And I think that was also one of the things that kind of prevented us from doing another show. We wanted to be sure that we came back and the product was 
was was piff. Like we wanted to be sure that it was a real, real dope. Product. That means it ain't stepped on. Get me? Oh, okay. You just okay. You just full of <laughs> references tonight. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's exactly what that means. Stringer Bell. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Rock Boys are in the building, and uh, so is the Can I Kick It podcast. So, yeah, we just wanted to be sure it was some good dope uh, for your ears and for you to listen to. So, this particular episode, I think, you know, since we wrapped, since we've discussed where we've been and what we've been been going through, and you know, I think as we go forward, we'll 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 start talking more about like what's going on in our personal lives, and you know, for those that don't know, again, if this is your first time listening to the Can I Kick It podcast, we are a married couple. We both are music lovers, and uh, hip hop heads and we just kind of wanted to do this podcast just to infuse our love for music into your ears unless you kind of get a, a glimpse into what we do and what we listen to and what we love and you know kind of what we enjoy musically right we love talking about music we love debating about music we don't always agree about music right. um, that's what it is so a couple of things if you haven't done so already uh, not only go back and listen to some of the old episodes that we've had. We've had some They're really, awesome. really dope guests in the past, like Rick Ross, uh, Gene Brown, Dress from Black Sheet, Roxanne Shante, Biz Marquee. Biz Marquee. Uh, so really dope episodes in the past. So go back and comment on those and like those and give us a thumbs up and rate us. Lord um, Finesse. Lord Finesse. Yeah, yeah, that was a great episode. Um, so just uh, make sure you rate us um, on iTunes. We're on all streaming platforms. So anywhere you can find us, we're there. So. Just make sure you give us the five stars and give us the thumbs up or whatever the rating system is that you use. So this episode is going to be really dope because in this episode, we're talking about the leaders of the true school. So I guess leaders of the true school. What does that mean to you? So not leaders of the new school, no. but leaders of the true school. L-O-T-S. <laughs> leaders of the true school. That's going to mean for us uh, people out there right now who may not necessarily be new. Matter of fact, they aren't new. But they may be new to some people. They're not as commercial. They may not be getting as much shine. They may be starting to, but they're not getting as much shine, possibly. But they are so true to the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, um, and I think now is the perfect time to get it started. So let's start with some of the folks that we think are the leaders of the true school. One of the leaders of the true school, and these are in no particular order, Elzai. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with Elzai. Right. Uh, of course. Now let's I'm, just say we haven't seen who we haven't seen who each other's right. We're gonna talk about right. So we could have some overlapping. Ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes that happens. That's a great choice, though. Elzai Sometimes is a great. We MC. are polar opposites. Right. 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 <laughs> like I might have Lil Dirk on my leader of the true school, <laughs> and you have no idea who Lil Dirk is, and then I'll have to expose you to some new stuff. But Lil Dirk is not on my list. <laughs> talk about exposure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I might have Lil Donald on my list, and I'm not talking about Donald Glover either. Oh. Donald Duck? <laughs> no. This, they're probably is, just as ridiculous. No, his name is Lil Donald, but go ahead. Okay. I digress. Well, I'm going to get back to Elzai. <laughs> uh, that's my first pick for leader of the true school, of course, from Detroit. Right. Been putting in work for many a year. Um, kind of got on with Slum Village back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back okay. when Slum Village was having, you know, some more in- changes in Destiny's yeah, Child. Yeah, <laughs> some internal strife. Um, Elzai was definitely a member of Slum Village. So I'm assuming he doesn't, because Slum Village is, is touring. And I just don't. I'm, I'm assuming he's not even touring with Slum no, Village. No, no, because. So it's just Batan and T3 at this point, or? No, Batan is past, isn't he? I know Jay Dilla passed. I don't. Did... No, Batan, I think, is gone. Oh, no. Huh. So it, I think currently, 
it's T3. T3 and who's the other guy? Botan is gone. He's oh, left. He's, how did he pass? Um, I believe there was something to do with some drugs. Are you sure about this? Use your good friend Google. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll come back to that. Let's focus on Elza. Okay, Use so, your good friend Google. So Elza is no longer touring or involved with Slum Village is the point. I don't even know if he's no longer involved, period, okay. but he's not He's not touring active, currently. He's not an active member. Not an active member. Okay, got it. <laughs> Nobody came to see you, Otis. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but yeah, of course, he put in that early work with uh, Slum Village, uh, and he's had, of course, the Elmatic... Uh, mixtape mm-hmm. that was you know a few years back mm-hmm. that was really dope uh, a year or two ago I want to say was it 2017 when he had Lead Poison his uh, he had an album his debut album Lead Poison right uh, really dope always consistent with the rhymes the production is always you know mm-hmm. that sound that you want to hear right um, and then of course more recently. Jericho Jenkins. Jericho Jenkins right, with Crisis. A great project with him and Crisis. Like, so dope. Yeah, it's an awesome album. It's really dope. If you haven't listened to Jericho Jenkins, I urge you as soon as you finish with the podcast. Yeah, now they're on tour together, so. That'll be dope. Yeah, they, they, they are on tour. That's what I'm saying. That'll oh, okay. be dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're on tour together. So, again, that's why he wouldn't be out on the road with Slump Village. So, got it. All right, so Elza, great. I like him. Yep, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Down with that? Yep. All right, so also, leader of the true school. I'm going to go with Sky Zoo. Okay. I don't think you uh, are as familiar with Sky Zoo. Oh, well, no, I'm not. I mean, I know who Sky Zoo is. I'm familiar with his music, but I didn't listen to like you the last album um, that he put out, which I know you were listening to heavy at one point. Well, my favorite um, is Peddler Themes, which is the album before... The most recent album. Mm-hmm. But um, Sky Zoo's really also another one that's been out there. Sky for, Zoo the writer. Uh, Sky Zoo the writer. Mm-hmm. Out there putting uh, work in for many years. Uh, he had mixtapes with Ninth Wonder back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he was signed to Jamla from that mistake. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And just many, many a mixtape, a few EPs. But um, my favorite by far is Peddler Themes. Okay. Uh, he's always very, very, again, very consistent with the rhymes. And didn't Sky Zoo do, correct me if I'm wrong, he remade Illmatic or did something in... Well, Elza tribute? did Illmatic. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm... If I'm wrong, I'll probably edit this out, but... Sure. <laughs> You'll be editing. <laughs> right. right, right. I'll, be, I'll, be edit, I'll be editing this out, but I thought Sky Zoo did something um, in tribute of Nas or... He did a Bad Boy tribute song. On peddler mm, things. No, I thought I always thought Sky Zoo did something in honor of Illmatic. I could be wrong. I'm pr- I probably am, but go ahead. So again, Sky Zoo always really, really consistent with the rhymes. He really, I mean, he's not young, but he isn't. I think he's he would be a a, a generation under me, not a whole generation, but a, he's in a age range right under me. Mm-hmm. But he's still really is making music today that puts me in the mind frame of what I was listening to in the 90s. But it sounds fresh. Right. Um, I, I'm always here. I'm always checking for his work. He, he's done projects with Apollo Brown. Ah, here's what it was. Here's what it was. Sky Zoo did a tribute to Reasonable Doubt. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Okay. He did a tribute album to Reasonable, Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt. Right. 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 
you probably had Elzai's Elmatic on the brain. Correct. Correct. Okay, we're on the same page now. An ode to reasonable doubt is what it was called, which stemmed from Elzai's Elmatic. So well, doesn't we that just make sense? Bingo to the bingo. <laughs> Bomb. Gazoo was also down with the uh, Griselda dudes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, Griselda is, if I can just step in for a minute, Griselda uh, would be my As contri- a collective. As a collective. All of them. Um, all of them. Right. Conway, Benny the Butcher. Benny is my favorite. Uh, West Side Gun. Uh, I love, love, love what Griselda is doing. 38 Special. Listen, like, if you're looking for some quality street New York hip hop, the Son of G Rap joint. That's the one with 38 Special right. G Rap. I love that album. Like I listened to it front to back uh, last weekend, just over and over again. And it is a superb body of work. So my contribution to the leaders of the True School would have to be Griselda, Griselda Records the collective. as a collective. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, they have so much work i'm talking about so much street hip-hop and they get contributions from everybody from alchemist to premiere uh so a lot of people may not be up on griselda but they got it and they're from like upstate new york they're from like buffalo and rochester in that area so they I may think not a get... lot of people are up on griselda think so? maybe not all of them yeah i don't think maybe as many people know about like benny and however just today i saw some really dope uh Benny the Butcher merch from one of the really dope chicks on Instagram. Really? Mm-hmm. I have to put to you on. Yeah, Benny is my Benny's my guy. And the homegirl B Girl Volume One had received a, a really dope package with all types of Griselda merch goodies. And you know, they've got the really dope uh Chris Benoit. I know you might not know who Chris Benoit is. Um, but they've got the really dope the wrestler. Chris Benoit. Right, the the wrestler who's Come on now. most famous for what? The stuff he said on their album? No, he's not most... No, he... He is. He's on Supreme Blind Tale. No, he's not. That's not Chris Benoit. That's actually Arn Anderson who starts it off in the beginning. Oh. Arn, that's Arn Anderson on the intro. He died? He killed himself and his whole family. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Okay, you got it. So, Chris Benoit... I'm with it. Okay, so their Chris Benoit merch is really, really dope. Don't come home with no merch from nobody that killed their whole family, okay? No, 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 right, right, right. I mean, but see, as a wrestling fan, though, like, Chris Benoit was one of the greatest wrestlers ever. No, I get right? it. Yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. get so no just, ideas. Just, <laughs> just as, a, as a wrestling fan, like, I think it's dope. Like, I, I mean, I get it. Like, Chris Benoit is one of the dopest this wrestlers This conversation ever. is awkward. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> Edit this out. <laughs> Edit this out. No, this is gonna stay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Griselda is definitely a part of my leaders of the truth. So who else you got? Well, I wasn't even done talking about Sky Zoo, but oh, I'm was... sorry, <laughs> my bad. No, I just had to jump in there. Okay, just sorry. Jump, but I mean, that was a perfect segue right. because uh, there's a lyric in one of his songs where he, you know, talks about how he doesn't really do features. People are kind of a little afraid of his pen game. Mm-hmm. He's not really down with nobody, but the Griselda dudes. Oh, okay. So I don't remember the exact lyric, but. Um, his latest effort is in celebration of, and that's really dope too. I just always, always, always go back to peddler themes. Um, but I say definitely check for Sky Zoo. Got it. Can I add, can I add my, go ahead. Yeah. Can I add my, 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 my last, well, let's see how many I did. One I so have far? an honorable mention too. You, oh, of course you do. In typical East Rock fashion. Right. So somebody else who I think should be honored, um, as far as leader of the true school with their latest project, gotta be Royce five nine. I think that's. Um, Absolutely. That Book of Ryan album is phenomenal. 
I don't think we've seen anyone be as introspective with their life and putting their life in on. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. He yeah, really yeah. makes, he really allows you to uh, feel it. Yeah. And just in this and, day and time, envision when, it. Yeah. In this day and time when like mental health is such a big thing and addiction is so important and you don't get a lot of people talking about these things. He kind of confronts all of those things head on like his own demons. He confronts his own demons in the book of Ryan. So I'm, I love that album. Like I've, I, I have not stopped listening to that album. Um, there's so many dope records up there. I think the record with J. Cole is probably one of my favorites, the Bobolo Boat Joint. Um, and just the fact how he talks about his father. Super dope. I really about, love the cocaine record. Yeah, 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 that yeah. That is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just so many dope. Just so many, so many. I would say Book of Ryan is one of my favorite releases, absolutely. you know, in recent months. I would say definitely also go back to um, one of my favorite Royce records, of course, besides the... Um, the bar exam joints mm-hmm. those are mixtapes but mm-hmm. go back to layers mm-hmm. layers is phenomenal i really really always go back to that one too yeah so royce is somebody who's been in the game at this point probably close to i guess 20 years when this and you, you can't out. get with royce on the rhymes yeah like, no, royce no, 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 is no. nice no 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 it's, i mean a lot of people talk that eminem talk and that marshall mathers talk which i'm not even like eminem isn't even someone who comes up in my list of top mcs um just well, the, because just because I think he gets more credit for his cadences than anything. You know, he has he his, has great his cadences. cadences and flow are phenomenal. They're cool. The thing is with Eminem, he is talking about absolutely nothing. He's um, yeah, he's he yeah. there's nothing I can relate to yeah. in most cases. Um usually when I do get caught up in an Eminem song, it is the cadence, it is the flow that kind of but it the strange thing is we talk about how M- how Eminem is a dope MC and he is, but then I had someone say, "I ain't never played no Eminem song at nobody's jam, nobody's Absolutely. barbecue." I've never and I was like an Eminem album or I, yeah, I've never liked a full Eminem project. I usually like Eminem on other people's yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Renegade, but um, like that top five Dead or Alive conversation with Eminem in it is dead. Like I can't even. He doesn't even come close to being in my top. Five. And that's not saying he's not. A dope lyricist. He's but nice. He just I don't relate to I never usually like Eminem's songs. Yeah. I usually I usually don't like the production choices. Like I like Lose Yourself yeah, and like, I like I him this, on other stuff. This other last album stuff. that he put out, like the Donald Trump album, the political joint. Oh, that was garbage. That was horrible. Garbage. But like, I think I, he knew it was garbage. Didn't he? They said he was like trying to redo it or something. I mean, I, I think he need to start doing drugs again. Or... Stop! Don't say that. <laughs> he got to figure it out, man. Don't Actually, he doesn't that. have to figure it out because I'll probably never listen to another Eminem album in its entirety ever again. Eminem so. is what he is. Right. Right. Well, he has that song. I, I am what I say. Yeah, yeah, that. So, so yeah. yeah, but Royce, Royce is the is the standout lyricist from that entire crew. Yeah. All right. So, uh, leaders of the True School. I guess we're gonna wrap it up with one last person who. I, we have to agree because <laughs> she she's the greatest in my opinion like at this point she is the greatest uh she's the greatest mc under the age of 40 years old i don't see any lies yeah i mean you know and i you're getting emotional I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> watch it yeah no 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 and i think it's important that we have her on the show you know because again you know we talk about giving people their flowers while they're here and you know acknowledging certain legends while they're here you know, I think Rhapsody is someone who is poised to be, when it's all said and done, one of the greatest to ever pick up a pen and paper. 
um, just because she's just she's phenomenal. Like her her flow, everything about her is just it's just great. And we're, if we're talking leaders of of the true school, I think you know you've got your Kendricks and your Coles, and you know those folks always come up in conversations. But I think time and time again, Rhapsody has proven that she not only has held her own, but has surpassed some of our favorite MCs when you when she goes yeah. on track with them. Like I would encourage our listeners to if you aren't as familiar with Rhapsody, like go back and start from the beginning. You can literally hear her getting better and mm-hmm. better. Like mm-hmm. she's been nice. Yeah. But you can hear her getting better and better and better till you just like Whoo Yeah. And I think it's important to, to to watch someone develop and to kind of turn that corner to turn from being good to being great. And I think that Rhapsody is great. I think she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Like just, you know, lyrics and and her ability to ride a beat and find that pocket. She I think, took me out with Crown. Yeah. But then and then she followed up with Layla's wisdom. And for her to basically be like Crown was just like extra songs we right, had right, laying right, around. Right, just gave right. y'all a little something. Yeah. Crown was everything. Yeah, and her features. Like when you look at the features that she has on uh, we didn't put Black Thought in Leaders of the True School, but, but I, I, mean, I think that goes without saying. But Black Thought I'm Black Thought has already like notoriety and recognition. Right. Like right, Leaders right, of right. the True School right, is for absolutely. those who haven't quite you know, garnered that yet. Right. So when, when you look at um, the record that she has with Black Thought on Layla's Wisdom, the Nobody record, which is actually growing into be one of my favorite hip hop songs of all times. Like it's it's climbing its way so up good. there. Um, and then when you look at her contributions to the Black Thought and Ninth Wonder album um, on the song that she's on, on Streams of Thought, Streams of Thought. Then when you look at her on the Styles P and Quali album, and my brother just reminded me, shout out to Houston, uh, just reminded me that Rhapsody was um, also on Prime with Royce. Prime 1 or Prime 2? Prime 2. Okay. It was the, um, what was the name? Love Ones. Okay. I don't remember that because I wasn't as into Prime 2 as I was Prime 1. I think I did listen to it, but I think Prime 1 was uh, Prime better. 1 Prime 1 is better as yeah. a whole. Yeah, and then like right after Prime 2, Royce dropped Booker Ryan not so long after, so I just never went back to fully revisit prime two but i will now that i know the rhapsody is featured up there uh i will go back and listen to it <laughs> absolutely so yeah so our guest on our return episode of the can i kick it podcast and who we feel is the leader of the true school it's none, none other, other than, than rhapsody hey. hey you there where's your crown you didn't leave the house without your crown did you just as sure as the earth is round, we bounce back up when they throw us down. So, so we're going to get into our uh, interview with Rhapsody. But I also had, of course, um, an honorable mention Who you got? for leaders of the true school. And the only reason that she didn't actually make the list is because there's just not enough material yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mumu Fresh. Oh, definitely going to be on that leaders of a true school please advise us of who mumu fresh is so mumu fresh is from baltimore i'm pretty sure really dope mc you can reference her um on tiny desk concerts npr tiny desk joint right yes uh she was on the joint with black thought but then she had her own most recently so i would say go check for that if you haven't seen it she's phenomenal Mm -hmm. she really gets on her lauren hill joint where she you know, can out rhyme 
half of your favorite MCs, mm-hmm. um, but also she has an incredible voice. Uh, and I'm just definitely looking forward to see more from her. Like I said, the only reason she's not on the leaders of the true school list today is just because there's just not enough. She does not material. have a project. She has, um, I believe like, well, actually, yes, yeah, she has vintage babies with DJ dummy. Um, okay. DJ dummy who is, uh, from Chicago. He's yeah. Common, have, he's Common's DJ at one time. And they have he might've been Lupe's DJ. They have a project, um, vintage babies, which is really dope. Um, she, I don't think she has a studio album by herself. Mm-hmm. She has um, a f- like mixtape, maybe EP situations, but Got it. not an actual studio album other than Vintage Babies. Mm-hmm. And that's like I said with DJ Dummy. Okay. I don't know if she's working with him exclusively or if we'll see stuff from her on her own. I really don't care. Like I just want to see more from her. Right, right, right. All right, so Mumu Fresh, be sure you check for check her. Check for her. But, but right now, uh, our interview with the one and only, the greatest, the one who belongs on everyone's hip-hop Mount Rushmore, she goes by the name of Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Can I Kick It Podcast, Showtime, and East Rock. On the phone with us today, we have my favorite MC in the whole wide world, the GOAT. In my opinion, she goes by the name of Rhapsody. Rap Diddy, what's poppin'? What's up, man? I'm for real. I'm your favorite, favorite. You're my, you're my favorite, favorite, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying the flag. <laughs> Let me tell you how much of his favorite and our favorite you are. When we were pregnant, we weren't telling anybody Maceo's name, and he came home and told me, "Yeah, I told Rhapsody the baby's name." <laughs> I ain't even budge. I was like, oh, okay. you, I was like, word, that's fine. So you know it's real. So you know it's real. I kept the secret, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how you been? I've been good, man. Traveling, you know, doing shows, trying to spread this album, you know, in the flesh. Yeah. To people. I'm working on another one. Yeah. Wow. I'm about to take my very first vacation ever in life. Where, where you going on vacay? Don't, tell, um, don't make her tell him. No, keep that secret. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you that. Right. <laughs> never, never right, right, right. So, so by now, everybody in the world should know um, that you're from a small town of uh, Snow Hill, North Carolina. And for those that don't know, Snow Hill has a total of 1.5 square miles. Is that right? A total? No. I, I think we're thinking like that. Okay. Well, Wikipedia said y'all got a mile and a half. So. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, maybe, look, Wikipedia might know more than me because right. I just be driving. Right. Wikipedia <laughs> said y'all got a mile and a half, but y'all are out, an hour outside of Raleigh, right? Right. So tell us, like, for you as a young black girl growing up in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s and stuff like that, what kind of music was playing and, you know, what music influenced you and, like, what did you love? Um, well, I, I first loved what my parents loved. They kind of they set the tone. Like the first, the first artist I can remember gravitating to is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, like so many, but you know, he was the one that made me fall in love with music. But then, um, like I tell people, like you know how we do down here, you you, you got to get up and clean early Saturday morning. Absolutely. Right now. <laughs> so you know, while we were doing that, my mom was playing like Patti LaBelle and Tina, a lot of Tina Turner. So I, you know, I came to love that music. Um, um, my dad, you know, he would be outside cutting grass or me and him would get up and, and watch videos every Saturday morning, video soul, and we record them on VHS and go back and replay them. So, you know, I loved a lot of Luther Vandross, mm. a lot of Luther 
So I'm, I'm always interested when, when people talk about like music from that time period. What was the process for you getting music? Like, was there a record store that you had to go to? Were y'all like dubbing tapes and passing them around? Like, what was the what was the process for you if something came out that you wanted? Like, how would you go about getting that and and, and playing it for yourself? I, I did it all. It was um, it was dubbing the tape. You know, sitting down like saying, listen to the radio and getting it back, um, right? Absolutely. <laughs> now you've had an amazing few years, and you know we know your roots. But bring our listeners up to speed a little bit on, you know, people. I think people always think when you have one of these amazing few years or sets of time that you're an overnight success, and it's nothing like that. Like you put in your work. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to this point. Oh yeah, I, I had that idea. I think everybody does. Uh, you know, you see. The- glamour on TV and I'm just going to come in and I'm going to, you know, make this project and I'm going to get signed and when I get signed, my music can come out and be a platinum artist and it's never, ever like that. Right. Um, you know, every artist that you know that, that makes it, that's going to have a, a long-lasting career that's longer than two or three years, 
had to put 10 years of foundation work in it. So, um, you know, my story is no different from Russell Simmons' story or the Kendrick Lamar. All of them put 10 years in before they saw the future of that labor or before they honestly start to begin. Like, now I'm, I'm just getting into it, but I feel like this is just the beginning. You know, I'm at night and I'm at night for the first time and, uh, like right around late summer of 2005. Uh, and this was the first time, like, I met him, like, I want to say September, October of 2005. Right, this was before the mystery show dropped. But that summer, that July or June before, was the first time I'd ever written or recorded music. So, you know, I had nights come over and uh, with a bunch of my friends and listened to our mixtape. And he told me yeah, I had gifts. And, you know, that's when the process started of, developing myself as an artist and that took that was 2005 I didn't put out my very first project in 2008 so for me it took at least three years for me to get a a basic idea of how to make the music how to flow it still wasn't where it wanted to be so we would we dropped Return of the Beat early and you go to these festivals ABC and South by West South by Southwest and you really put in work and you do interview after interview and you know, this is when I was in a group with Cooley, too, and they were, you know, we do, like, little East Coast tours as a group, you know, unknown artists. We've been in, in people's houses. Every city, we got to call somebody and figure out you know, who we go on this city that we can sleep on their floor because we ain't got no money for no hotel every night. So I went through all of that process. You know, I remember we, I'd be touring with five guys, and I think we had a show in D.C., and uh, one of the guys, girlfriend's brother lived there, so he let us sleep in his attic, which had carpet, but it didn't have no heat in it. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> so mm. it was mad cold. Like, we had no pillows, no blankets. Like, you got to put the coat on top of you. Use your bag as a pillow. Now thug it out. The floor was hard. Yeah, like, you thug it out. Uh, so, you know, I went through all that process, but, you know, that's, that's part of the, you know, that's part of the journey. Yeah. You know, you got to have a strong foundation and it also made me, like, during this time when everything started to unfold, it made me appreciate it more. Right, right. I know how hard I had to work. I know how hard others had to work to get there. So it makes you appreciate the fruits of it. And, you know, just, just to be more aware of, of of your voice and what you're doing with your music. Yeah. Versus coming fast and it's like, oh, this is easy. And then, you know, you sit back and everything's past you by the time you do that. Yeah. You, you're done. Yeah. So how did, how did your time at NC State with Cooley High and then I think prior to that it was a group called H2O, like a collective called H2O? Yeah. How did how did that, aside from kind of the ways that you just spoke of, how did that part of the journey prepare you for the successes that you were seeing today? I'll start back like when I, when I met Charlie. Charlie is the one that kind of started H2O and got, all, got us all together. But we used to work together at Foot Action. And we both had a mutual like, love and passion for hip-hop. So we talk about music all the time. And, um, you know, I used to tell him, like, that I, I wrote poetry or I wanted to be a rapper, but I was scared. So he was kind of the first one that I ever really confided in about, like, my dreams and what I wanted to do. So, you know, he was always there to push me and, and be supportive. And he's the one that told me when I was at the studio watching everybody else record and get in the booth and just try it and have fun with it. Mm. So, you know, they were the ones that, that made it comfortable for me to open up, you know, and, and not feel judged and not feel like, you know, 
scared because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just know I love to do, do right. this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, once, you know, you know, they told me what the booth was. Uh, we would print flyers up and go hang them all across Raleigh. So they taught me about, you know, this was before social media was as heavy with Instagram and Twitter. Well, you still could be a foot soldier and, and do it that way. Right. So, you know, they just taught me the, the old way of the grind or even the idea that you have to think about this as an artist because being an old label, you got to do it yourself, which helped me so much, you know, when I got to a ninth and when I started to release my own music, how to think about it past me just recording and writing. It's like, you did that, so what do you do with that next? Mm. You know, they took me, like I said, on my first tour, that was a crucial tour, but, you know, I learned about touring and merch and, you know, shows and how to work the crowd and crowd participation. Like, I I, I think I was a natural performer. There wasn't anything much they had to teach me about that. But, you know, I grew up doing talent shows and I was a background dancer to my mom while she pretended to be Tina Turner. Oh, wow. <laughs> performing performing was cool. I mean, we did about the family reunion. It wasn't like anything crazy. But, right, right, right. You know. But you still um, had it naturally yeah. in your blood. So was that was that like inspiration for the song Tina Turner? I never even thought about it that way. Tina, Tina, Tina. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because because Tina Turner was a big influence in my early childhood. Bringing up not only that part of you know her performing and dancing and having to be that backup for my mom, but like I say, like every Saturday morning, that's what my mom was playing. It, it, it was a mix, but it had to be Tina Turner in there mm. because that's her favorite artist. Wow. So man, Luther Vandross. My dad's favorite artist, and I think that's why, why I love soul music so much, because that's, that's the biggest root of me, you know. There's so many memories attached to music that has soul in it like that. Oh, Rhapsody, one of And the, I'm black. Right. <laughs> black and black. <laughs> One of the things that I'm always debating um, with men as a woman that loves hip hop is this idea that you have to attach the label, you know, well, De- Rhapsody is a dope female MC. And I'm always debating like, no, Rhapsody can be on your favorite MC, period. Um, do you think that we're moving away from, you know, a lot of times in the past or especially in uh, in the golden era, women were always attached to a crew when they came in the game, you know, uh, little Kimber junior mafia, or, um, you know, you always or Eve with the rough riders. They were like attached. Yeah. They were attached to a group of men. Do you think we're moving to a time where women can just come out and just be on their own and be just as successful? I was talking with somebody about that today. And I, I look at that in a different way. 
you know, it's just a thing, and it's, it just shows how women are treated when it comes to music in the, in the industry. It's like, oh, for women to be successful, they have to be attached to a school of men, or men have to usher them. But if you think of any other man that's made it on, they were ushered in by another man as well. Right. You know, it was Big Daddy Kane that brought Jay-Z through, as well as Biggie that gave him this look. It's the whole West Coast and Dr. Dre that brought Kendrick in. It's Jay-Z that brought Jay Cole in. Right. You know, it's this person, that person. And so I don't look at it as, you know, um, men have to bring women in. And, it's, and, it's, and for that reason, it's funny to me that the industry will just only apply that to women. It's like, no, like somebody has a big, a big brother or a shadow that's going to help them along the way, no matter whether you're man or woman. Uh, what I would like to see more, and I hope we move towards it, and it's something that I try to be conscious of myself, is to see more women usher more women. You know For what sure. I mean? Like, yeah. If you think about me, I have a nice one to have in your group. Kendrick, you know, gave a book. Um, I can go down to this. Big Daddy Kane was my very first feature. Um, DJ Premier, like, I can think of all these men, but I necessarily can't name off women that were there in the same way men were. And that always tripped me out of why is it that way? Like, right. why, why in, in the forefront, it might happen in the, in the behind the scenes, but why don't you see more women coming out with other women that are in hip-hop with them under their arms or passing the torch or publicly saying, oh, this is, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't see that. Be, being so able to, I, don't, I don't know the reason. Being able to mentor just right. like the men mentor. Right, right. Or even champion you or pass the torch. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen the torch be passed from, you know, OG to OG when it comes to men, but I, have, I haven't seen it passed yet. You know, so, and I don't know, there could be any amount of reasons as to why that is, but it's just something that I try to be conscious about. It's like, you know, I know how it was for me, so let me make sure that I get that, you know, because I, I had mentors in Rodriguez and, and Lady of Rage, you know, they were the biggest ones. Uh, now, like now, most recently, I have mentors, like, I have Missy uh, Ellie, uh, but in that gap, it was like, it was the fellas. Um, so, yeah, I, I try to make sure I, I create a sisterhood with my peers. As well as, like, when I see a, a young MC coming up, I make sure I reach out um, and, and tell them, like, yo, keep doing it. I right. see you. you Encouragement. That's important. Right. You know, because I want to be the change. Like, I want, it, I want it to be different, you know, for me anyway. We definitely need that in the culture because we have uh, women in hip hop culture have just as much voice as the men. So we definitely need for you to be able to, you know, encourage the next generation. Um, you mentioned Missy, and I thought it was so dope that you were able to participate in Missy's tribute recently. Um, tell us how what that meant to you to be able to to be a part of that when Missy is, you know, Missy. We're both from Virginia originally, so. That's our hometown hero, and she's just such a huge figure, not just in hip-hop, but in music. Missy is a force. But what did that mean for you to be able to participate in a tribute for her? It's hard to put that in words. Like, when they asked me to do it, I was I was bored and excited to, to even be able to express my appreciation for her in that way because she is such a force. She is 
skin and, you know, might be heavier. Right. So they go, oh, we funky too. Like, we're beautiful too. Exactly. Like, Not that cookie cutter image. Exactly. So the idea of who Missy is, who Missy is in, in real life, like, that's powerful. So, you know, to be able to get on that stage and, and you know, perform for her in the flesh. Uh, you know, I had a raincoat on, you know, I can't stand the rain painted on the back. Yes. You know, and to, to get to, to go after the show, and not only for me being on it, but for me just to be in that building and feel the energy and the love that people have for her. And that's one thing that the playroom was about, was about giving people their flowers while they're here. It's important that we do things like that and show people like Missy Elliott how much of an icon and how much of an inspiration and influence she has been and how much we appreciate what she has given to the culture. All of it, the dancing, the prediction, the, the videos, everything. You know, the video, every bit of it, so that to be able to be in that, performing that, but also be in there, feel the energy and feel the love and, you know, to watch the KB 47, watch me. Is, is her child musically, you know. Right. Uh, next one, uh, and Janet Jackson to come out, like that was a moment. And to hear Missy's words. So it, it was dope. But um, after I got to connect with her, it meant a lot too, just to be in that space and be able to look her in the eye and for me to take in all the advice and all the words that she gave me. Like she filled me up that night. And even to tell her how much she, she filled me up in life. So, you know, it's just important to have that sisterhood because, you know, like I said, like I have a, a, a village of men, but it's also that village of women because I think, you know, for women, it's, I just know we connect on a different level how hard it is in the music for black women to break through and be hip hop. It's just a different, a different way that you know that they understand. So, yeah. you know, so like recently, about two weeks ago, I got to speak to Mia X on the phone. Oh, wow. And that was, man, I was, that was just as, as powerful as when I talked to Missy, like, to hear her words. You know, like I say, like, I can't, it's something about talking to them I can't connect with no guy on. Right, know? right. There's a, you know, a kinship, a sisterhood. Yes, yes. Now, we used to, it used to be that we had, you know, you could have Missy, Lil' Kim, you had Lauren, you had Bahamadia. You had all these women that, you know, supported each other in hip-hop, but they didn't have to be the same. You know, they all had a different style. Do you think we'll ever get back to having that variety? Not just with women, but just in hip-hop in general. We used to have so much more variety. I think we're in it right now, to be honest. But you, you have to look outside of it, outside of TV and radio. Oh, you go there, sure. you might not get the variety. Right. But, you know, we're in for the age now where we can be our own DJ, play with a huge, and nobody really watches TV anymore. Everybody's on Apple TV. Right. So, and I just feel on our phone. And now, um, you know, I, like like you say, like not just in women, with women in hip hop, but across the board. So, you know, you have a Kendrick Lamar version. You have a J. Cole version, you have a Chance the Rapper, you have a Big Crit, you have uh, a New Kids, J.I.D., like, music, I think, their Childish Gambino, man, his talent is crazy. I feel like we're at that point where you have a 
bunch of different artists coexisting together and everybody's different. Right. You know, um, you know, you have the Migos, so I appreciate that they give hip-hop as well. And, but, you know, on the female side, like, now you see it's like a resurgence. Like, not, now it's not only Nicki Minaj, now it's the Cardi B, now it's the Rhapsody, now it's the Remy Ma. Now you have a Treaty in Chicago with Il Camille in California. Um, a no name gypsy, uh, yes. uh, with TV 47, uh, I'm forgetting some people. Cash Gall uh, in Detroit. Yeah, Cash Gall, uh, Tokyo Jets in Atlanta. So, you know, there's a new female, a Cash Gall from Detroit. There's a new female rapper every day. So, you know, that's, that's beautiful. And I think, I think for the most part, there's variety. Of course, you're going to have some people that, you know, Carbon copies of these, these right, sounds, right. And, you know, that comes that comes to the territory. I think you know it was the same in the nineties, but it's, it's good to have that variety. It's just knowing where to find it and knowing that it's, you're not going to find it for right now anyway on TV, right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because as lovers of music or myself as a lover of music, I'm trained to like go get and go find the music I want. Like I'm going, I'm, you know, I make my own playlists. I'm going to hear what I want to hear, but I think that it's not, you know, everybody doesn't do that. So I think that it's just a matter of getting everybody focused on or trained for the new way to get music. Like you can't, it doesn't just hop in your lap anymore. You have to go get it. Right. Right. And that's, that's the biggest gap. <laughs> they really want variety. Like, my sister is one that listens to the radio. She'd be like, man, they play the same four or five songs, or I'll play a new artist. She's like, ooh, like, this is all I feel. Like, I'm all something I can feel. Like, I'm tired of this. So, you know, people want it. They just don't often know where to get it. But yeah. it's, it's definitely out there. Yeah. So, walk us through the journey. Well, walk us through the process, I should say, of you recording with Knife and the Soul Council. Are there ever any, like, limitations when you're recording? Is there anything musically that you might be willing to try that he don't really want to do or vice versa? No, not at all. Like, um, you know, I, I never want them to go and try to do something want to 
you want to evolve with times of music, you know, mm-hmm. and we figured out ways to do that. But we can have soulful music, you know, that has, you know, boom bap sounding drums in it, but it's updated. It don't sound like 94, but it feels like, you know, the feeling's there, but it sounds like a, a 94 in 2030. You know what I mean? Like right. Like a futuristic sound of that nature. Right. Um, or we might find things like we might listen to Amigos. I don't make Amigos sounding music. But I study that music to figure out what is it that people like about this, and you know, what is this? What from it can I take and flip it and apply to my own self? Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, so right. You just experiment with everything, but at the same time, don't lose yourself in it because you know, you see, like I can't make a DJ mustard beat better than a DJ mustard. Right. DJ mustard damn sure can sample better than I want to. Right, right. But that on everything. But Absolutely. there's a, there's a so, place you know, for all of it. Right, right. So stick to stick to your, your the core of what you do, but you know evolve with it too. Yeah, and I th- I think um, I think the I, fans appreciate that too. I think you said it best when you say. I don't like all underground music. I don't hate all music that isn't. I was just making the clout to walk a flock right. last Christmas. Like that comes across in your music as, you know, being authentic and not chasing a particular sound. Right. People love them. people love to box you in. People like to put you in boxes. They don't know what to do without putting you in a box or making you something so rapid conscious. I only make boom bad beats. Like, nah, like you just make music. Yeah. You know. People listen like nice Nike for example, some people listen to a song village or Jay Dilla because of how, you know, they think it's the music sounds that it's conscious. But Dilla was talking about being a pimp and jewels and you know, right. all kinds of right, stuff. Right, 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 right. But people want to be conscious, so it's just the sound of so music, like we talk about everything. Uh, and we listen to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let's kind of go back just a little bit to Crown. Like when Crown came out in 2016, uh, one of the things that I particularly noticed about the project is that it was very like in the moment. Um, a lot of the content, a lot of the concepts on the album um, were just like things that were going on right then, like the Bruno Mars sample, the Salon sample. You kind of talked about things that were going on in the moment. Was that intentional to have that project since it was just the EP? Just kind of catch the vibe of of, of what was going on and, and what people were feeling at the time. Yeah, that was a, a I had a label that's very Snapchat a snapshot like project. Mm-hmm. Did that project when I have beat. Wow. Um, and it's funny, um, you hear some people say I think Crown is better than labels, and I hear it. I'm never mad at the argument right. because at the time I did Crown, labels like eighty percent done. Oh so, wow. So Layla, release-wise, is the more recent project. Content and music is found in our lyrics. Crown is the most recent. Wow. I'm one of those yeah, people. So I don't. I don't think Crown is better than Layla's Wisdom, but it's up there for me. Like I absolutely love Crown. Yeah. Like it's not just like a drop in the bucket. Like oh, just here, take these songs. Crown is complete to me. Like. It's it's up there with Layla for real. Um, the 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 intro always makes me emotional. Like days when I leave here, and you know you got to go out here and be a black woman and deal with this world. I hear Rhapsody saying, "You ain't leaving the house without your crown, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and man, when I when I wrote that, it's like how you say like he spent two and a half years on Layla, so there was a lot of stuff about this before back redoing. Being that we did crown so fast, two and a half weeks. 
it was just real instant, like right how you feel in that moment. Like they don't time to go back and then right. analyze it and change it like we just played out. So when I did it, that's just what I was on. I, I wanted it to impact, but I didn't know that it would have the impact like you said. Like, you know, like you say, like, did you leave the house without your crowd? And they had to become a thing for anybody that heard it. You know, whether it's parents with their kids dropping them off from school. And Seriously. Like, I got my crown on today. Like, you know, so I appreciate you telling me that. Like, that's, that's fulfilling. That's you know, real. It's, it, that it resonated. I get real live emotional. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, so rap. I think I've, I've shared this with you before, but I think you know since we're talking about Crown, I, you know, again, I'll say it publicly. I think Crown was a big influence on the album that came out about six months later by a guy named Jay Z called Four Four Four. Let's kind of talk about not just the Rock Nation deal, but let's talk about some of the things that Jay and Guru and you know even Ninth have kind of shared with you throughout your journey. Yeah. What what what's one jewel from each? So does that mean so that, does that mean the deal with St. Ives is not gonna go through or <laughs> You said what? Does that mean the deal with St. Ives is not going through? Uh, St. Ives? Yeah, Saint No, no St. Ives, the the malt liquor. Oh no, we can't oh St. Ives, no, we can't even do it. Well, do. I can do some seagrams. I can do some seagrams. You know, <laughs> you know, I gotta put the twenty twenty one and up. But well, I'm about that uh Jamaica Jamaica bomb or mama, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, one You're thing, making me happy. That's what <laughs> right. Uh, one thing I really appreciate about your, your projects is that you've done, I think, a really good job of choosing your collaborations and, and they really make sense on your albums. Um, and then even people that you, you know, you're on their albums for collaborations. Do you have a dream collaboration that you haven't done yet? Yeah, I do. I'm crazy to say I've been blessed to work with so many people. You have. Like, I'm, I'm probably making this is all winning, but, you know, before I even made my first mixtape and before every project I ever released, I would always sit down and write down a, a long list of people I wanted to work with. Whether they were far fetched or not, if anything you write down, you kind of write right. it existing. So I, I did that for every project, and a lot of those things I've been, you know, blessed enough to cross off, but, you know, I still want to, I think at the top of my list, I still want to work with Jay-Z, I still want to work with Lauren Hill. Mm. Um, you know, Prince was on that list, you know, right before it took But yeah, uh, Jay-Z and then Lauren, um, are the two main ones. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely, I want to work with Missy Elliott. Um, you know, I want to work with Dr. Dre. <laughs> mm. Um, let me see. Uh, I want to work with Stevie Wonder. Um, you know, I want to, I want to get in and, and that's your history. Right. Me and my dude, we did twenty feet tall, but we really didn't get to work together. So right. I don't really count that. <laughs> you know, um, so I I really Arizona is up there with Lauren and Jay as well. Like, you know, I really want that to happen. Yeah. That's dope. John Mayer. That would be a dope collab. Yeah. Now, Andre 3000. I could go on and right. on. Right. <laughs> so many. Yeah. So many. So yeah. one of the most noticeable things that I've um, uh, seen or heard on Crown and on Layla's Wisdom is like the beat switches, of course, like all through Crown. And then there's a couple of times where the beat switches um, on certain songs on Layla. Um, so, I, you know, I know you recorded more than 80 songs for Layla's Wisdom. My question yep. is, is there a possibility of getting a Rhapsody Lost tape somehow? Uh, I think that'll eventually come. Yes. To be honest, we fought around, we fought around with doing that uh, this year. Um, I wanted to... I just, there's a 20-minute documentary on the making of the system. I saw a title now. Um, yeah. It'll be on like, YouTube. So it's just to have to YouTube. But, um... I wanted to release the Where the Flowers Go soundtrack with a lot of pieces of music that didn't make it on the album. Um, you know, so I'm still holding on to the idea, but I think eventually one day that's the thing. I have so much music. Right. A lot of it I probably don't want to release, but I, I can release some of the, you know, some of the crowd things that didn't make it, some of the labels, but some songs that didn't make it. Um, but yeah, I think that'll come one day. That would that would make me happy. Yes, I'm just gonna please. say that. That's right. That, that would make me happy. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You, you should just come out of the studio one day. I I would be in heaven. <laughs> you would, y'all would probably be trying to kick me out because I would just be there listening to listening to bops like just rocking out like, oh, you did this on this beat. Oh, okay, like just like mental <laughs> notes like. For sure, yeah, you gotta fall through, man. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let me know. So one of the one of the things that I love about listening to your work is I hear such a confidence when you rhyme, like a real confidence. And it's one of the reasons that, like I said, your music sometimes will evoke emote, like evokes emotion. Did you always have that confidence or is that something that you had to develop? I think, uh, I think the confidence has always been there. I don't think I always knew how to evoke it through my soul. That was something I had to learn about. Um, you know, I, growing up, I was super shy. I didn't, I didn't really talk about quiet. For me to be doing what I'm doing now is, is shocking to a lot of people. So, Marlena, <laughs> so, but with the music, you know, I think once, you know, I went through the Night Wonder camp development. I think the confidence was always there, but, you know, in the earliest stages, you know, starting to be very quiet. heard me, like, trying to still figure it out. But it's like, I'm confident what I'm doing, but at the same time, like, I'm listening to my music, and I also know, like, some listen. I still ain't got a few things. So I think I started to get that, like, right around she got game and then more so and beating the beat and it really you know, your crown and your little system. Right. So I think it was there but it spoken me through the music I was still trying to figure out. Because if you go back, you know, my voice is really high or, you know, people would say I'm monotone. Right. I remember uh, the first the first time we said like Jill got some music, we talked about it, you know, monotone and figuring out how to play with my voice and use it as an instrument to evoke that confidence, to evoke emotion, you know, to put different inflections and different strong words to get them different meaning in the way that you say it, and they can get words in a different way. That, that was something that took some time for me in studying and being comfortable with. It. Just, um, so I think that's the thing. I mean, I've always been confident, but it's just figuring out how to sell that. It's funny that you mentioned tone, too, because I feel like you've really mastered that. And one of the best examples of that is on Jesus is Coming. Like you really switch up your tone to, you know, portray each character. And that, that's done masterfully. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Once, once I learned that your voice was an instrument and it clicked. Like it's funny, you know, how you might like somebody come over and over. Or you might you have children that you, you try to train them over and over and Right. Just not clicking, and one day it all just comes together. And it came out exactly how I heard it in my head. And, you know, I remember you going to the early stage. That would be the most frustrating part. Like I would hear myself in my head in a different way and recording. I'm like, just not coming out that way. There was a lot of, yeah, a lot of my music I ride around and I'm like, ah, I don't really like listening to it because I can hear everything that's wrong with it. I just don't know how to fix it yet. Mm. Uh, but now, you know, I listen to myself. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I noticed when I listened to, um, again, Crown and Layla, is that, you know, love and relationships and dating is like a recurring theme. Um, even on Layla, there's a like a love section. Where I think there's like three, you know, songs back to back about relationships. What are some of your favorite examples of Black love that you see and that you use as an inspiration in your music. Uh, uh, that's uh, I mean, one of my favorites, uh, Lauren Hill, you know, we just see, uh, tell him, like, 
cannot let you come on this podcast and not congratulate you on your Grammy nomination. Congratulations. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. Amazing. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't, but I'm I'm so thankful for it. Well, well deserved. So what kind of things have changed since you have, you know, that title that you can add, Grammy nominated Rhapsody? Uh, I, I knew that being nominated for a Grammy was like, it was a big thing, but I didn't know how much it could have Right. It just opens so many doors. Like, we live in a, a day and time now where people need validation to like you or to listen to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or to, to rave about you. Um, because, you know, it's a time where everyone's, you can kind of be cheap like culture where I like somebody, but this person might not know who they are, so I don't really want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Right. And once you get a validation, you know, whether it's a co-file or, you know, Grammy nomination, it is 
highest accolade of music that we can get. It opens so many doors, and, you know, it's just been a snowball of amazing things, amazing great things, you know, more people listening to the album, like, really taking it in, or, you know, just to show, like, just to feel a different energy and respect from, from people that I appreciate, you know, thankful for. Um, so, I mean, I think those are, it's just being validated, you know, when you meet somebody, you know, or, or people now talk about you, oh, you know who rap is? Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Not to talk about you when I have I have, you know, something a check or a gold medal beside it that's gonna validate why I should like you. Yeah. You know. And it's just not because I like it, it's like she got two Grammy nominations. So yeah. you know, that's that's a big thing. Um but even for me it, it, what I appreciated was, you know, at a time where I think Grammys and a lot of award shows are for the most part, a popularity contest, um, where it's, it's not about the best music, it's sometimes about who's most popular. Where, mm-hmm. you know, at American Music Awards, you can have an Eminem win an award, but it's out many of it out here. Mm. So, you know, that, like, that, that, that makes no sense. Right, how does that you even know, happen? Yeah, how does that happen? If, if we're giving out awards for being legends, then let's call it that. But no matter if you're legendary or not, it's the award is the best music, whatever it has. It should be strictly on the music and not all the music you've ever put out, the music that's up for the award has. Right. And right. It's the fact that it's not even out yet. So, it's, you know, being that now this, this last Grammy that I was a part of, and, you know, you can have a category where it's a Jay-Z, a Kendrick Lamar, uh, a Tyler, the Creator, Amigos, and a Rhapsody. Like, that says something you know, that it doesn't just have to be a popularity concept that we really can judge it off the music and that's how you make the music better where you have someone you know you have a table when they can bring somebody like me in who hasn't sold platinum flags you know uh, not on the radio or TV in your face every day and you allow someone like me to sit at the table right. say I, I got here just off making great music it puts everybody up on notice it's like okay now I gotta play the game for real. I gotta get in here and make great music yeah. because that's what they're judging us on. My the number of Twitter followers or how many fans I got ain't gonna get me there. Yeah. I gotta make great music, so, and that's what I, I appreciate it most about it, and what I hope it does for the, the artistry. Yeah, yeah, uh, across the board. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Well, rap, we appreciate you. Um. And just before we let you go, well, thank you for calling into the podcast. I think I got three things that I want to say real quick. Number one, I think it's the dope that your name, your real name is Marlena. You were named after Marlena Evans from Days of Our Lives. I have no problem saying that for the first, maybe from 92 to 99, I was a huge Days of Our Lives fan. So I want to thank your parents for giving you that name because I recognize the greatest of Dr. Marlena Evans. You feel me? Um, oh, yeah. You still don't. You still don't. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, God. Well, you, well, that's a that's a different yeah. conversation. That's a whole different conversation. We'll talk about that at okay. another time. You got to school me on that she on was my the, she, was the, she was the dopest. Like, just know that. Like, she was the dopest. Um, and then, like, you know, really, like, I've given Lily's Wisdom a lot of play over these last couple of months. And I can just unequivocally say that it is definitely one of, if not the greatest bodies of hip-hop work to be released in the last 10 years possibly 15 years it really is amazing um 
Like it's it's a great wow, body of work. Like and I've you know I've studied the album and listened to it backwards and forwards and like it's it's really a dope project. It's really a dope project, and we're just honored to have you as a part of the show and a part of the Can I Kick It legacy. And we just appreciate everything that you do. Listen, you won me over with Layla's wisdom as soon as I heard a Dabness Bricky reference. Right, I right, was right. like, "What?" Right, right, right. <laughs> Only real heads know. I was like, I was like, she won. <laughs> right, 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 right. Thank y'all so much, man. I appreciate y'all for listening and, and taking a platform to tell more of my story and share the music. Thank y'all. Y'all are just supporting me the so Appreciate it. Thank you, Rat. We appreciate you. All right. All right. That's peace. Brilliant. Y'all come by the studio and take a ticket. Absolutely. <laughs> we look. We coming through with the baby carrier and everything. <laughs> right. You know, we gotta, <laughs> I was about to say, please bring the baby. We got a we got a boom bap family over here. Like everybody gonna get this hip hop work. <laughs> he been listening to Rhapsody in the womb, <laughs> right. so he ready. What's show. What's show. All right, Rap. Be safe driving. All right. Take there. care. All right. All right, so that was our interview with the one and only Rhapsody. Definitely appreciate her for stopping through and showing some love. Shout out to all of the Jamla family and everybody. Shout out to Tia for making that thing happen, too. Definitely appreciate that. Rhapsody has been somebody that we've been trying to get on the podcast for a very long time, and we are so happy that it finally happened. I was ecstatic to speak to her. Uh, We will always... Uh, especially being here in North Carolina, but regardless of where we live, we will always support Rap City. We will always support Jamla because they just stay making dope music. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So uh, I guess for this part of the show now, it's time that we move on to the Reminisce List. The Reminisce List. You guys remember how this works. If they don't, let them know what it is. The Reminisce List is where we throw it back to a time in music or hip-hop, music in general, something that we miss, something that we're reminiscing on, and hip-hop or music in general. Yeah, something from back in the day, usually things that a lot of us grew up on, a lot of us might remember or might not remember, or just some things that we want to reminisce on. What's your contribution to the reminisce list? Wait, what are some previous reminisce list entries that we had? Um, I know once I had uh, MPV vans. I remember that. The Um, hip-hop van of choice back in the 90s. Yeah, I remember that. I think we also added... um, Oh, you had gospel interludes as one remember that yes the gospel <laughs> interludes mary faith right 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 kelly price, kelly price. they yeah, were yeah, all yeah. good for the gospel interludes yeah definitely um what else have we had i think i did one with like saint ives commercials did i do that maybe so yeah and i, cause I remember we talked about the biggie one of saint us ives was it you or me cameos and videos wasn't there something to do with cameos maybe yeah video cameos used like to have like really good yeah 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 i think i said that one so these so, are yeah. the type of things that you find on the reminisce list so each episode we bring you something to put onto the reminisce list all right what you got how do i want to say this i'm going with having multiple dope albums come out at the same time like you mean like the same day not necessarily the same day just in the same time frame that mm-hmm. i Back in the 90s, we got a couple of classics back to back to back to back to back. Several classics. So basically, for my reminisce list, what I'm going to do is create a playlist of all the songs that I used to listen to when I drove my first car back in high school. Okay. So that little car was a little red Mercury Lynx. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called the Mercury Lynx Mixtape. 
Oh, so this it's is, gonna this be is news to me. So it's gonna be all, all the things. This is when I used to keep all the tapes in the glove box. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the actual reminisce list entry, mm-hmm. keeping all the tapes in the glove box. But I'm going to create the Mercury Links mixtape. Oh, and if you have title, then you can request it from me on social media, and mm-hmm. I'll shoot you the playlist on title. Mm. Don't even ask me about uh, Spotify. Everyone is always like, right. when are you getting on Spotify? Right. Sorry, I just don't like Spotify. Okay. Title is my streaming joint of choice. Title. That's right. The, the, what is it? The Suzuki Sidekick Mix? What is Suzuki it called? Suzuki Sidekick was college. Oh, okay. What is the joint called? <laughs> In high school, I drove a Mercury Lynx. The Mercury Lynx mixtape? Mercury Lynx was like the fake Ford Escort. <laughs> mm, okay, so the Mercury Lynx mixtape. Okay, that that would be interesting. That I, I'm looking and forward to And that's going to be my living contribution. Huh. It can be archived. Yes. Like in the Library of Congress. Right. I okay, mean, take I like it, it right on down to the African American Museum. Right, right. I like it. I like it. Now, my contribution to the Reminisce List isn't as tangible as that. It's not something that can be handed down from generation to generation. Well, you know, I just thought I'd do something a little flossy for our, <laughs> well, hey, you got me. <laughs> for our episode. Talk about reading. doing it for the culture. Golly. I do it for the culture. Huh. Well, my, my, my contribution Always. to the reminisce list, uh, it goes back to something that we talked to Rhapsody about. My reminisce list goes out to summers at grandma's house. Because when I was growing up, when your mom wanted to get rid of you for a couple of days or for a couple of weeks, she would send you to your grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, that's where I got a lot of my knowledge and a lot of my foundation on hip hop because with, the cousins were there. With, right. The cousins were always there, yeah. particularly Cousin Dwayne. Cousin Dwayne. You've heard Shout us out talk to Cousin about Cousin Dwayne. Dwayne. Cousin <laughs> Dwayne was at my grandma's house. And that was the time when. He can't help you with that cooking shit. Right. That's what he said. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, that's the time when I could go and kind of be around my cousins. I feel like people don't have enough cousins anymore either. Like these kids nowadays, you know, grandma's starting at like 35 you barely know years your old. Cousins. Right. You don't even got no cousins. So going to grandma's house and just like hanging out with your cousins and listening to all of the music that you probably were not supposed to be listening to at that time. Like I definitely, on. excuse me, sorry. I definitely got that. I didn't have an older cousin, uh, but I got that from my aunt Lisa. Mm-hmm. She gave me all the tapes. She dubbed all the tapes right, for me. Right, right. All the good hip hop that my mom wouldn't buy for me. Yeah, like I can go back and just think about certain songs that my cousin Dwayne introduced me to at my grandma's house, like Public Enemy, Fight the Power, like Three Times Dope songs, like A Tribe Called Quest, Can I Kick It? I heard for the first time on Rap City at my grandmother's house with my cousin Dwayne. Like those are all memories that I have. Um, of growing up and like a part of my foundation of who I am in hip hop. You know what I mean? True story is uh, Aunt Lisa sent me, she would send me like dub tapes Mm -hmm. that she would make with various songs. She sent me one and it had all types of great hip hop on it, but it also had one particular song that didn't jive too well with my grandma. Mm. Uh, Miso Horny was on there. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. And Grandma threw that tape out. As she should. Just upon sight. As she should have. She threw that right on out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Shout um, out to Aunt Lisa. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my contribution to the reminisce list. And Summer's um, at Grandma's. I'll summer's take at, that. Summer's at Grandma's. It's almost like the inkwell. You know what I mean? Like, you go 
grandma's house, she always makes sure you eat good. She always makes sure you're taken care of. You got to vacuum the floor twice a day, all that stuff. But the most important part for me was the fact that I got to, you know, hang out with my cousins and just, you know, listen to music and just get different experiences. Um, then I, I, mean, I, was, I was raised as an only child, so I didn't have no brothers and sisters. So when I got to hang around with my cousins, like that was it for me. Right, right. All right, so I guess that's it for this episode of the Can I Kick It podcast. Look Peace out rock. for. Say it with me. What do we look? I don't know. What are we the looking The Mercury for? Links mixtape. Oh, look out for the Mercury <laughs> Links mixtape. I did not. I'm gonna work on that playlist. I thought you were bullshit. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real thing. The Mercury Links mixtape is gonna be live and in effect. It's gonna be lit. All right, cool. So. <laughs> Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We're on all your streaming services. Make sure you rate us, leave some comments, and find us on all your social media platforms under uh, Can I Kick It Podcast. Just make sure that you find us. All right, we'll check you on the next episode. All right, chill.